We hear it on TV nightly. We are battling for the health and even the lives of our parents and our grandparents. Ohio anticipates running out of hospital beds for COVID-19 patients who need treatment or intensive care. So the state health director says it's time to build temporary hospitals. You'll hear more in the news in the days to come about hotels um, and even dorm rooms being turned into hospital units. This is your last hope and you are immunocompromised already with the medications you've been on, the chemotherapy that you've had. And now you need to go to a hospital that has all of these COVID patients. And so we've seen where as much as possible, patients and doctors are delaying treatment. And in some cases, they're just afraid to go. And uh, we know the result will not be good for them. Welcome to our podcast about biotechnology breakthroughs, the DNA of all living things, and the DNA of scientists, companies, and patients who make miracles happen. I'm Jim Greenwood, and you're listening to I Am Bio. We're all focused on COVID-19. The whole world is focused on COVID-19. When will we have new treatments? When will we have vaccines? But you know, the other diseases that stalk and kill us are not sitting on the sidelines. Cancer patients still have to be treated. There's some good news. There's a new kind of treatment called CAR-T. It stands for Chimeric Antigen Receptor T. And the T is for T-cells. And with this technology, these T-cells can be extracted from the patient, processed in a laboratory, and then reinfused in the patient to save their lives. But using this technology in the age of COVID is not as easy as you might think. Recent advancements and precision medicine are giving us a fighting chance to develop cutting-edge therapeutics, or even a vaccine, in record speed to keep us safe and win the war against the novel coronavirus. Today, we're going to talk about one of the maiden breakthroughs in the genomic medicine revolution. Three years ago, Kite, a Gilead company, received the second-ever FDA approval for a cell therapy, a cell therapy known as CAR-T, has been a lifesaver for many patients suffering from late-stage terminal cancer. But the COVID crisis is taxing our hospitals and impacting access to treatment for some of these patients. The coronavirus may be dominating the headlines, but as Kite CEO Christy Shaw says, cancer doesn't stop in a crisis. Christy, welcome to I Am Bio. Thank you, Jim. Thanks for having me. You held senior executive positions at Eli Lilly and Novartis, spanning a broad range of therapeutic areas. So what has been the biggest difference as you've transitioned from the big pharma company to a relatively small biotech like Kite? My mother died of breast cancer in 1996, uh, was in hospice in our home. And the advances since then to see patients actually who've been given six months to live, live years longer has been truly amazing. And the opportunity to come to Kite to do that, have an innovation that can possibly cure cancer, is really exciting. Many people in the biopharma industry are motivated by their personal stories. And in 2016, you founded the 
a More Moments, More Memories Foundation to help patients with cancer in their families. So what were the most important lessons that you learned? Because you were a caregiver. I remember that. Yes. You know, my older sister, Sherry, took care of our mother when she was in hospice at home. And so when she actually was diagnosed with multiple myeloma in 2013, she had gone through a lot of different therapies. When it was time for her to navigate clinical trials is when I made the decision to help her. And she needed a full-time caregiver because she actually went through the CAR-T process, which takes a couple of months away from home with a caregiver. The foundation was actually started with my younger sister and I. My younger sister also participated in caregiving At one point, my older sister needed a donor transplant, and Shelly, my younger sister, was a match, and I was not. So she went um, and took off her career and job. The reason we started the foundation was because when we were at UPenn getting the CAR-T treatment, we saw so many patients that were from the area, and it was very rare to see a patient that was not from the area. And where you're, you're looking at innovations that could possibly save your life, it was a curious event. What we found when we asked questions was that patients couldn't afford to travel, the lodging, the meals that both the caregiver and the patient would need over the course of two months. So our moremomentsmorememories.org foundation is there to help those that need help in order to get to a clinical trial that could possibly save their life. Well, I remember how impressed I was when I observed that you left your pretty darn important job and became your sister's caretaker full-time. Uh, you should be proud of that, and I know you are. FDA approval of CAR-T cell therapy in 2017 was really a pretty seismic event in the evolution of the biotechnology sector. So you know, this is a challenge. I want to ask if you can tell <laughs> listeners why and what CAR-T therapy is and why is the work being pioneered by Kite so important to the future of oncology care. Why I was so excited about CAR-T is because it harnesses a patient's own immune system. The immune system we were born with that has adapted over time is really the strongest that we have in fighting diseases. And so CAR-T is basically um, a complex procedure that involves drawing a patient's blood and separating out their T cells. Then those T cells are shipped to a manufacturing site. In our case, it's El Segundo, California. And that's a facility where they take those T cells and engineer them into what's called CAR T cells. And those are designed to attack cancer cells. And so then they're shipped back and infused back into the patient. And what we've seen is that with our therapy, at three years, half the patients are still alive, where in the past they were given only six months um, and a low chance at that. Well, that's pretty. That's pretty amazing. So I think people, uh, particularly from uh, all that's going on with HIV/AIDS, they always hear about people T cell count being up and and down, and so forth. So the T cells are there. They're part of the normal uh, immune system. They're killer cells. But um, what you're you're doing here is is really specializing them. Is that a fair way to say that? Yes, we're making basically re-engineering your T cells, making them see better, making them stronger so that they can fight better. So your revolutionary treatment has been administered to nearly 3,000 patients who had previously either relapsed or failed to respond to chemotherapy. So these are people who, who either had thought they were in remission and then the cancer recurred, or they, they 
were taking their more conventional chemotherapy and it didn't work. But there are potentially many more patients who might benefit from your treatment especially seniors, as I understand it. So I heard the, that these patients they got some potentially good news from the federal government this week. Is that right? Yes, very good news. So, you know, our patients are very sick. So by the time they're going for CAR-T, they're really at a state of hopelessness. What we found is the average age for this disease is 67. So you would expect about 50% of patients would be given CAR-T. What we're seeing, however, is that 30% of our treatment centers for CAR-T have never used CAR-T on a Medicare patient. Hmm. And so we're seeing that it's way below 50% usage in Medicare. And what our centers say to us is because the cost isn't fully covered. The uh, CMS actually made a step forward last year. in CMS for the layperson, CMS (laughs) is? The Centers for Medicare Medicare and Medicaid Services, right? Yes, thank you. CMS, the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services, last year made a step in the right direction by increasing the reimbursement to hospitals. So it was a a move in the right direction, but as the hospitals told us now, especially in light of the COVID situation, it's very difficult for them to want to treat a Medicare patient when it costs them money. The good news is that CMS announced a proposed ruling to create a new reimbursement for CAR-T, And that means better access for patients that want and can have CAR-T. It's extremely important that CMS cover the full cost of the therapy so that we continue to ensure Medicare patients have equal access as other patients do. I think there is a moral principle, which is that no patient should ever do without the medicine that he or she needs because they can't afford what's required to come from their pocket. And I think if um, we all keep that as as a solid moral precept. Um, we're, we're doing the right thing and doing the right thing by the patients. A lot of these patients, um, you know, they're not old. They're, they're otherwise healthy, um, strong, productive uh, people. And the ones that have successfully had CAR-T, many of them thought they have three to six months to live. They've been told by the doctors to put their things in order, get ready um, for their funeral, uh, palliative care, et cetera. And to have them come back to us and just be so joyful that they're still here, seeing grandkids being born, seeing another Christmas, another birthday, it's just very rewarding. This is a fatal disease, potentially fatal disease. Uh, It is hardly what you would call elective surgery or elective medicine. Uh, And yet here we are in the midst of this COVID-19 crisis with hospitals being overwhelmed. Is this uh, inhibiting the ability of the patients to get the treatment that they need? Unfortunately, I believe it is. Uh, We see with how many registrations we had before the crisis or the pandemic and how many we see now, we still continue to get orders every single week. But if you can imagine, uh, you're a patient who this is your last hope and you are immunocompromised already with the medications you've been on, the chemotherapy that you've had, and now you need to go to a hospital that has all of these COVID patients. And so we've seen where as much as possible, patients and doctors are delaying treatment. And in some cases, they're just afraid to go, and uh, we know the result will not be good for them. What has Kite done to, to overcome this challenge for patients who need to be close to certified care centers following their CAR-T treatment? 
we ship CAR-T to Europe uh, as well as across the U.S. So you can imagine when President Trump canceled flights to Europe and canceled the number of flights within America that we had a problem. How are we going to get European patients' T-cells here and back? And so it was a day-by-day, sometimes hour-by-hour supply chain uh, watch. We were watching basically, you could think of it being your child, this T-cell bag that's the life of somebody that's on an airplane going from LAX to Chicago and the next flight to Amsterdam gets canceled and then the Mm. next one gets canceled. Mm. And you only have so much time to get those T-cells to re-engineer them and back to the patient. And so uh, I'm happy to say that we did not miss one shipment, but we had a lot of near misses and we had plan B, C, D, and E ready behind it. And in America, we just did a lot of driving, lots and lots of driving uh, without the, the flights. Sounds like the plot for a thriller movie. It does. The other thing is a lot of the hospitals, because of the ICUs being full with COVID patients, didn't have room for CAR-T patients. And these CAR-T patients are... It's a life-threatening disease, just like COVID can be. I'm so proud of the team. They are mission-focused in making sure every single patient that needs CAR-T gets their T-cells manufactured and gets them back. Starting with the apheresis, typically we have our own employees at the site when the apheresis, meaning when the patient's T-cells are being taken from their blood. We have uh, feet on the street or people present. We have quality people making sure that uh, the T-cells are safe, clean, et cetera. Well, with COVID, we couldn't get in, we can't go into the buildings. So we had to do all of that remotely and digitally. Then you say, okay, well, we've got the T-cells, now let's ship them. Well, guess what? All the flights are being canceled. we have to get approval as a medical supply to be able to ship from Europe to the U.S. back to Europe. To be able to ship um, in the, within the U.S., we've had to drive all over the country versus the flights we were doing before. And so that day by day, even hour by hour, when you have one bag of T-cells on a flight, nine cancellations waiting for your connection, that is life and death. So a tremendous amount, all the way to when the T-cells come back, sometimes the center that took their T-cells now is closed because of covid to any CAR-T patients. So now trying to figure out where can that patient go to then receive their T-cells. And then actually learning from that and saying, let's not manufacture the T-cells until we know exactly where that patient is going. Let's keep them, freeze them until they're ready to be received. So the entire system was turned upside down. A lot of good learnings, but a lot of near misses. I'm so happy to say that 100% of patients that gave us their T-cells got their T-cells back during this crisis. So not only is this precision medicine when you think about it in terms of using the patient's very own T-cells, but it's personalized medicine in that your staff is making sure that every challenge that could possibly get in the way of them receiving this treatment, this life-saving treatment, is overcome. Exactly. Every single patient we touch. What doesn't the public understand what you think about the difference between, say, conventional chemotherapy and a potentially curative therapy like CAR-T? What is the value proposition? You know, um, being a caregiver myself um, and seeing my mother and my sister go through chemotherapy, you know that um, it is just attacking all cells in the body, not just the cancer cells. The difference here is that you're using your own specified T cells that really attack the cancer more specifically and personally than chemotherapy does as a big blast. 
And the other benefit of it is, is, as I looked at my sister, and she was on 17 therapies before she passed away a couple of years ago. Mm. She got a long um, life uh, in, because of some of those. Instead of waiting until you've been through two or three therapies, if you could imagine being able to get that as one of your um, first or second lines. We have cancer therapies that patients take for years sometimes, especially in breast cancer um, and some of the other types of cancers where this is a one-time treatment. And this treatment is different because you're not just getting it administered. It, you actually have to have tons and tons of people hand-holding this T-cell bag, delivering it, and the manufacturing process is all manual. If you had one message for policymakers about the plight of very sick cancer patients in this crisis and the steps our government could take to help them receive this life-saving care, what would it be? I would say we're working with some of the most vulnerable patient populations who are counting on us and counting on the government. And our normal ways of operating have to change. Even through this COVID crisis, as we're focusing on cancer patients, we need to do that even when there's not a crisis. So please support these patients and please reimburse so that they can have a chance at a longer life. So I know we've talked about why this is so personal for you with your mother and your sister. What, what do you see as the future that you envision for personalized cancer care? You know, I envision the ability of patients uh, to be, as they use their own immune systems to treat their own diseases, I see immunotherapy going beyond oncology. I see it going into disease where there's inflammation. Many other immune disorders like rheumatoid arthritis, lupus, I think you, harnessing our own God-given body and cells that uh, using that system is going to be better than any type of foreign drug that we could put in the body. I mean, if I think back to 1996, I never... I had a job in oncology until 2010 because I didn't want to work in cancer. Mm. All I did was see people die and get chemotherapy and feel miserable and then die. And now fast forward, I'm seeing people live years and years and years with cancer. And I see before, um, before I die in my lifetime, the ability for us to cure many more cancers and to reach out to other diseases. Well, I'm sure you will, and there are a lot of people counting on it. And thank you for your dedication to this field, and thanks for being with us today. Thank you, Jim. Well, that's all for today. Don't forget to subscribe on your podcast player of choice. Or even better, if you've learned something useful today, please share a link to the I Am Bio pod with your family and friends. To learn more about the work of Heroes in Lab Coats, please visit iambio.org. On our next episode, we're going to hear from a pioneer in immune medicine. Why does one person who get COVID just get the sniffles while somebody else winds up on a respirator? We've all heard about the nasal swab test and the serology test. Adaptive technology is working with Microsoft on a third kind of test that measures our immune response to the virus to predict an individual's likely response when infected. Oh, and they're also looking for the Michael Jordan of antibodies. Learn all about it on Monday's episode of I Am Bio.